I love learning about people's money stories. It's fun to hear how they talk about money, experiences they had with money, what they want to do better about money in the future, and so forth. Today, I'm connecting with my colleague, Vita Jatulis, and are chatting about how she became a financial planner and her own money story. So join us on this conversation. You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shurgunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses, are you ready to get your financial life in order? Once and for all, as soon as possible? Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Do you often lose track of how much money you have to spend? Do you want to get your financial life together, but just don't quite know how? I am with you. I've been there. I've struggled through all of these. And I know you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get better. So why do you continue to struggle? I know you can get your own money in order. It took me years to figure out. It took me years of pain, struggle, frustration, anger. But you don't have to go through all of that. You don't even have to get a financial planning degree like I did in order to be successful. Allow me to present to you my Money Flow System, a free playbook of how you can automate your finances, even if you hate budgeting. After you download this free playbook, you will never have to worry about budgeting and who likes that budgeting thing anyway. You will stop accumulating debt and create a bulletproof plan of how to quickly pay it off. You will be able to pinpoint exactly what your income and expenses are. You will never have to miss a single bill again. And you will always, always have a solid idea of how much money is in each of your accounts. So head over to money-flowsystem.com to download my free Money Flow Playbook, a blueprint to streamline your finances in less five or five weeks. Guaranteed. Head over to money-flowsystem.com. Hey, Money Bosses. Annie's here and welcome back to the Money Boss Podcast. I'm excited for t- today's conversation, especially because I get to talk and ask questions on one of my favorite topics, and that is to learn about someone's money story. Money is such an interesting topic and I'm privileged enough and my guest today as well to actually spend most of our days talking to people about money. So, um, you know, with all of that said and done, uh, Vida, I want to welcome you to the Money Boss podcast. So excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much, Anna. I'm really excited to be here as well. I've been looking forward to this. Yes, me too. And so on to the topic of money story. And, you know, both you and I are financial planners here at Main Street. And so 
we spend all of our days looking at people's monies and you know helping them make decisions about what to do with them, how to save it, and all of that good stuff. But if we really pull the curtain, right? Not just for our clients, but for all of us, because at the end of the day, we're human beings. And so there's a lot to be learned. So I am always excited to learn more about everyone's money story. So today it's your turn. So again, welcome. Let's kind of dive in. I'd love for you to share with our audience a little bit about your background and why did you become a financial planner? Yeah, no, it's interesting because I did not start out wanting to be a financial planner. I actually wanted to be a nurse and that's because I wanted to help people. And to me, that was the way um, that I was going to help people. And um, I've always wanted to help people, even as a little girl, when my dad was doing things, I'd be the one, you know, right by his side saying, oh, I'll help you paint that wall or whatever it was. So I've, I've always had that in me, that heart for helping people. So, um, so anyway, I started off wanting to be a nurse and I, you know, spent my whole high school getting ready for that, being a candy striper in the summer and everything. And then, um, in that summer, I had been accepted to a nursing program. I even received a scholarship from my high school. But in that summer, I had this sinking feeling that I didn't, I had a very squeamishness about blood and guts. And I went, oh my goodness, what am I doing? I cannot be a nurse. And so um, I was actually very strong in math and I had to pivot. And the thing that made me choose finance was I had always seen my parents fighting and arguing and stressing about money. It was like actually a big part of my childhood hearing them have that stress. And so this is where I thought, wow, if I could help people not be stressed about their finances and to actually have a plan and understand their money, um, then I could be helping people. So that is what uh, led me to, to this career. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very, it's very common too. And just like you um, and I both come from immigrant families. So um, it's, and it's, I kind of see the trend a little bit. It's almost like an extreme in my family, money wasn't discussed. It was like, we need to work and make enough to survive. Right. And, you know, maybe in yours, it was a lot more vocal. So you, you did see it. So just like you, I was always like kind of in, in the dark in the shade of like, what do we even do? Like I knew money existed, but how do how to manage it, how to even think of it. It was like all the stuff, I think probably the same reasons why I was so fascinated by this topic because I wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's awesome. Um, what, if, now that um, now that you are a financial planner and you have years of experience working with clients, what, what kind of clients do you think you work best with? Yeah, so... I really enjoy working with young professionals and families. Um, You know, I love the fact that their lives are so dynamic and there's so much to consider. And, And it's also just a great time 
when you start forming your money habits and your financial, you know, conversations with your spouse and your family. I just love that time and being able to work with families and young professionals and get them set up, um, you know, so that all of that is, is, you know, really easy to do and that they have a plan and that they start making those smart financial decisions really early in their lives. I mean, I actually am, you know, not a young professional anymore. I, I have kind of gone through a lot of these uh, things as well in my own personal life, um, you know, buying homes, putting kids through private school and college, uh, all of those things are things that I personally have experienced. And so I, I love coming to the table with my own personal experience as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's definitely um, sets you up with, with the growth trajectory, right? If you can catch these things earlier. So yeah, I've, yeah. I've always been frustrated with the fact that you know personal finance 101 or money management 101 courses were not... Yeah, you know, something that's required. I don't, I, I don't think many schools are, you know, are even there yet, but like a basic education, like algebra, like, you know, like a physics class. So, because it, it starts like as early as that, like as high, as early as high school. So I am still on the mission to make sure that, you know, younger adults too, um, you know, get that in their heads because so many things could, could be different if you know, you know, at least if you have some basic skills. But looking yeah. back, I'm sure your life, um, um, you you didn't know all the things to begin with that you do now. Now, so if you look back, what do you think? Is there a mistake that you've made about money that you're maybe embarrassed to talk about, but you think it's going to be a great <laughs> learning experience for our listeners? Yeah. Um, absolutely. My life has not been perfect, and I think most of my, and this is why I love working with young families, is most of my mistakes came when I was young. And, um, you know, I always was a hard worker. And so I, even when I was in school and going to college, I always had a job and I was um, earning money, but I literally would spend every dollar that every ever hit my hand and more <laughs> on credit cards. But I had, I had no alignment of like, or no plan. I had no alignment of my money with my values. It just went, I, I didn't even know where it was going. And so, um, you know, that led to, uh, especially like when I finished college and then I started living on my own, I still had those bad habits and it was extremely stressful because I was having, you know, now I'm having to pay bills and rent and everything and keep track of stuff. And because I never did that, I didn't use that in my life. And, and life just became really stressful. I didn't, you know, sometimes I was late on my rent and, and stuff like that, because I didn't, I didn't think about where my money was going. And I, I just spent whatever I had. <laughs> and so um, that was definitely a, a, a big money mistake in, in my younger days that, um, you know, ultimately I, because it was causing me so much stress, I had to make changes in my life. And I mean, otherwise, I don't know, I was going to end up on the street or something, not paying my rent. 
So um, I, I made adjustments. You know, I, I had been living on my own. I then found an apartment to live in with roommates. So my, you know, my rent expense went down. I like, I just forbade myself from using my credit card anymore. And I just, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but I, over time, just paid it down and got to the point where now I was living within my means and I wasn't having to overextend every month. And um, yeah, so I don't know. I think that that happens to a lot of people in their youth just because we don't get any education. And my parents were horrible at managing money. So, um, you know, that I think that was really my biggest mistake. Yeah, it's totally. And I, you know, I think, you know, once you, and it's hard, it's hard to do. Let's admit that it's, uh, you know, it's everybody's struggle, even if when you're older, like this, 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 you know, this idea of, of, of sort of having some freedom, right, to spend the money, but, um, but if the, at the core of everything you do, there is a plan, then it makes things to go a little bit easier. So I know that a lot of listeners will relate to that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I know you mentioned that your parents um, were not great examples, especially when it had to do with money, because they had to they had to you know figure out things for themselves. Who do you think have um, in your life, uh, maybe still today, who has made the most influence uh, onto you know how you think about personal finances and how you really you know, treat money now. Yeah. So I would have to say it is my dear husband, Darius. <laughs> he has always been so level-headed and so competent. And he, I always laugh and I think, I say, you could do my job. You could be the financial planner because he is really, really really good at all this stuff. And um, he, he educates himself. He reads stuff. He, um, he, he just is committed to really, and has always been, I mean, he's the one that got me actually when, when we first met, when we were dating, he was really the reason that, that kind of made me, you know, change my ways before we were married and, you know, and start living within my means. So I would say that he has definitely been, uh, you know, the biggest influence in my life on personal finance. And he deserves all the credit for keeping our, our household finances on track. He really, really does. And I've learned a lot from him. Um, but there's also been, you know, some people in my life that um, I've come across too that, that have given me, you know, you, you get these little tidbits every now and then from somebody that, that really helps you. Um, and so like I used to work um, before I was in personal finance, I actually had a career on the other side of the table. I was a pension consultant. And so my clients were large pension funds of companies and public uh, organizations. And my boss was uh, this really great guy. And he always like had this mantra that he would say to everybody. And it has still stuck to me to, with this, to this day is that no drama, stick to the facts. And I just use that little mantra to help me as well, you know, like no drama, stick to the facts. And that works in finances as well. You know, it's, it's like, you know, don't get stressed. <laughs> 
know what you have, stick to your plan. It's all, it, it just has helped me um, kind of ground myself in my, in my mind and how I think about things. I like that. I know, right? Yeah. That's sometimes the emotion, because there's like a lot of, wouldn't you say that a lot of what we do for our clients, yes, we calculate numbers precisely, right? And we do all of that. But at the end of the day, like a lot of what we help manage are the emotions, right? Or the thoughts about money. And so like, if we put that aside, it'll be perfect. Nobody will make any money mistakes. <laughs> right. Yes. So I like that. No drama. Um, yeah. because it, it, it certainly helps you. It's harder said and done, but it helps you to stay focused. So yeah. uh, talk, speaking about, um, you know, staying up to date on various information and like, um, reading, you know, write materials and in, you know, whatnot, listening to podcasts. So what are some of your, you know, favorite resources go to? I know you're a podcaster. You listen to a lot of things on your, on your runs or on your walks. Yeah. So please share. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, one of my big things, though, and I got this from um, uh, somebody who's very big in our industry, Carl Richards, is news detox. And I so believe in that because this is does not follow the no drama stick to the facts <laughs> mantra at all. Um, if you're if you're, you know, watching the daily news and the new, you know, reading the newspaper, I mean, newspapers a little better, but there's a lot out there on social media and on the TV that just dramatizes everything that's happening. And so I really don't listen to any of that stuff and really try to focus, my, focus myself on, on information that is very, very factually based. And so um, that's what I'm always looking for. When I'm looking for things to read or looking for things to listen to, to me, that is, I don't know, that's what rings best for me and what feels best for me to listen to. So a lot of my information comes from um, an organization that um, supports you when, you're, when you become a CFP. It's called the Financial Planning Association. And this is, you know, this is like the nerdy, uh, information uh, that is available to us as uh, financial planners. Um, they do all, you know, they do research with PhDs and, and, and write articles that are very, very uh, factually based. And so I really like to learn from that source. Michael Kitsis is another uh, huge uh, person in our industry. I read his posts. I also listen to his podcast. I learn a lot about being a financial advisor from his podcast because he has one that um, where he interviews financial advisors just about what they're doing. So it really helps to hear what other financial advisors are doing in our industry. So I, I, I really like to listen to that. Um, you know, I read the Wall Street Journal um, and anything, like I said, that is not dramatic and that is fact-based. Fact um, I got to admit, for podcast listening, I always listen to stuff that is work-related. And sometimes I wish I could find something that was more, um, <laughs> was more personal, but it's really hard for me. I go out on these walks and runs and I, I just always end up listening to things. Like there's a tax one that I listen to. It's all about taxes. 
and um, Michael Kitsis, and then uh, Carl Richards also has a podcast. So those are the ones that I really listen to. And yours, of course, Anna. <laughs> oh, hey, I appreciate it. <laughs> I try to keep some drama out. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, that's, that's, I mean, you know, if I had to think about what I listen to on my walks and runs, it's a lot of also like, I don't think I have that many like, you know, sort of side topics, but it's like, I mean, a lot of, you know, financial, you know, financial similar podcasts or even, you know, the yeah. same ones you are listening to, but I have a whole bunch of marketing stuff and just like business related topics, right? Yeah. Um, I have a few parent podcasts. That's just the phase of my life right now. And so yeah. young parenting. But yeah, I can, you know, I, I definitely like the no, no news. Sometimes I like, I find myself that if I, if I don't, you know, dig into like, you know, my phone app or anything, or just, you know, looking at Wall Street Journal, like some of those days are a lot less stressful for me because that drama, right, is like you said, it's, it's not there and you can focus on what's, you know, what's really happening. But other times it's like, oh my gosh, what did I miss? The world is ending, right? Yeah. So like, there's a, it's hard to find that happy medium, but right. certainly like, that's one thing about our profession, Vida, I know you would agree that there's so much information and there's so many things that are changing that we're like, we're constantly are staying in the loop or trying to catch up and, and, you know, going to conferences and everything just because we need to be able to advise clients on, you know, all of these latest things and, and what's really true, true to the core. So yeah, if yeah. there's any other, we'll, and by the way, we'll include some of this, um, some of these resources in the links um, in the show notes. So you can see, and the links to these. So if you're interested, I know a lot of our clients would listen to Michael Kitsis because he's yeah. such a, he's just such a gifted person for like distilling the information and anyone really, right? Like on topics that clients might be interested. So yeah. yeah it's amazing. Yeah. Well, here's some, um, so kind of a fun question. So you, now that you're, um, or years that you've been uh, on the good track with your money and, um, you know, thanks, thanks to your husband, um, you, you know, you've got those good skills. So if you had extra, let's say a thousand dollars, in your budget every month to to spend how would you spend it and yeah how and why and where <laughs> yeah yeah so okay so i can't get away now from being you know a good a good financial planner and sticking to our family financial plan which means it's the 50 30 20 rule <laughs> and that means 50% of that thousand dollars I'm going to use towards our needs, you know? So I don't know, like, for example, our side gate right now is just dilapidated and falling apart. And so I'm going to, I'm going to start saving up, you know, 50% of that towards, um, helping me to, you know, save enough up so that I can take care of that dilapidating gate. Um, and then, so 30% is wants, right? So this is where um, I would go to a concert or go to a theater event. I love um, to do things like that with my personal time. Um, love, love, love music and their travel, especially like since COVID has been around. That's one of the things I think Darius and I have already bought like concert tickets for the summer to like six different concerts because we haven't been to one in so long that we're just so excited to start doing that again. So 
Um, I would definitely, you know, spend that that 30% on wants and, and that's what, what it would be. I'd also like carve out a little piece of that to make a charitable donation. That's very, um, you know, dear to my heart. Um, there's this organization that I am an ambassador for uh, for a very long time, probably 20 years. And um, it's this gentleman who started an orphanage for, for girls in Tanzania. And so um, every extra dollar that I have to give, I always want to donate to them. Um, and then 20%, it'd be saving. So 20% uh, would go away uh, to help for those more longer term goals for myself, you know, that or midterm goals for me and for our family, whether it's a bigger vacation we want to take or something special that I want to buy for myself or something like that um, down the road uh, to save up for, I, I would do that. So 50% to needs, 30% to wants and 20% to saving. That's a very financial planner <laughs> answer. <laughs> Yeah. Very cool. I was when I was 20, I would have just said, okay, I'm going to blow it at Macy's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could hear the first two. I didn't, yeah, I should have, should have expected the savings part, but so, <laughs> I mean, you know, this is free money. This is discretionary. This is extra. Right. Right. <laughs> That's More <funny>. savings. <laughs> yeah, I like that. The 50, 30, 20, uh, structure. So yeah, yeah, for anyone listening, that's, that's just, you know, if you don't have any particular outline to your, um, to your spending or just income coming in, that might be just kind of like the easy, uh, first step. And like, here's, you know, I could just sort of aggregate it in those categories. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, um, because your kids are, are much older, right? I am, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm at the very end, uh, so very other end of this parenting journey right. or on this other end with your kids being older, but, you know, being a professional, like, um, you know, how, 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 what success have you had with teaching your kids, you know, good money habits and how, you know, what was the experience like along the way? Yeah. Um, so it, always one of the things that I did with my kids, and I think it's really, really worked for the, and I mean, the two, my two boys are both incredible with their money. They, they, um, they have savings, they invest it. They, they actually are very, very, and they don't really come to me for that advice now that, you know, they're in their twenties, but as when they were kids, um, I think the biggest thing that I always tried to focus on was that wait before you buy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important, right? Especially for kids. Cause it's like, you see something and you're like, I want that. <laughs> and just always instilling in them. Well, okay. It'll be here. Let's think about it. Decide whether that's something you really want to spend your money on. And if it is, come back and we'll come back and get it, you know? And, um, and I think that's so important to pause. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that could have been maybe the biggest thing that I taught them was really to just pause, think about it. And if it still feels good, go for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I've practiced, I've practiced that too. I mean, um, I, I, you kind of reminded me of this. I haven't, I mean, I think with COVID, 
last few years, all of our lives are so much shifted and, you know, even like these impulsive purchases, although I don't know, probably not entirely true because it's so easy to click a button and Amazon yeah. brings you the box, yeah. but it's more like when you go out shopping and, you know, kind of seeing things. So I, I would practice that kind of like, if I, if I want something, so I'm like, oh my gosh, I really want to have it. I'm like, can I give myself 24 hours? Like if I am still like obsessing over it the next day, yeah, yeah maybe I should really consider yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I really need a tip because a three and a half year old does not have a patience for 24 hours. And right now when we go to the store, it's like, I want it now. I want it now. So yeah, I'm going to try to see if I can talk him into waiting, but he's starting to. Yeah. I think you have to like say, you know, let's just think about it for a day. I'll bring you back. If you still, if it's still on your mind, you know, He's becoming smart for, you know, like overnight, like he's starting to remember and ask me like, really like, you promised me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I don't wanna make, you know, false promises. So. Right, right. But yeah, I love that. So, all right, well, we've got, we've got that idea of, um, of how you're gonna spend extra money. So I wanna do some, I wanna do sort of some fun and kind of quick questions just to kind yeah. of get our listeners to, you know, get to know you a little bit better, but maybe to see that, you know, your other side, not the fun, not, not the, the professional side too, but right. the personal. so yeah. um, just quick short answer. So um, what's the, what is your favorite self uh, care practice? Uh, exercise, uh, anything that is outdoor that's exercising, hiking, paddle boarding, going to the beach, playing tennis, and I do all of it. And that to me is, I can't survive if I don't do that. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, favorite drink? Uh, wine. Although uh, recently, <laughs> my, my son introduced me to hard kombucha and I kind of like it. <laughs> and it's I, a little healthier, no sulfites and all that stuff. So I may be switching. <laughs> oh, I have never tried that, okay. Speaking, speaking, speaking of wine, but yes. <laughs> and also right. a lavender latte. Oh my gosh. Love a lavender latte. Oh, wow. I don't think they make those, make those at Starbucks. No, I have to, no, no that's, those, are more, those are more, more, yeah, more fancy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to tell you how much it costs at one place that I go to. <laughs> well, it's in your storage category, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> Okay, what are, what what are you reading right now? What kind of book is on your night table? Yeah, so what I I always like to be reading uh, a couple of things: one work related book and one personal related book. So right now I'm reading "Think Like a Monk" by Jay Shetty, which is great, and um, I'm reading this other book called "Finance for the People." It's by Paco de Leon, and I just wanted to see if it's like a good book to recommend to clients because it's it's taking finance in a very um, kind of very easy to talk way, very easy to understand way. So I'm reading that just for Intel. Maybe it will be a good book for clients to read. Awesome. All right. Yeah, both of these I haven't read, so I'm yeah. making a note. <laughs> okay, next one. Personal motto that you live by. Yeah. Um, so... The, I've got a couple, but um, the one that I'm going to talk about is, is I read this actually, we, our family does a lot of skiing. And so 
we usually rent like a home or a condo when we're skiing. And this was on the wall in one of the condos that we rented. And I just kept it my motto for a very long time. It's, it's something like this, like life shouldn't be this journey to your grave where you get to your grave and you're all nice and neat and in a preserved body, you know, well-preserved body, but you should rather be sliding in screaming, woohoo, what a ride. And so, um, I always try to think, cause I actually get like, I get a little like fearful sometimes when I'm doing, you know, scary things. And so I, I use that to try to help me, you know, remember that, uh, life is to be fun and enjoyed. And, um, that's really the most important thing. I love that. I love yeah. that. All right. So speaking about, um, I, I think this is kind of maybe connecting to what you just said, but what do you think you value the most in life? Uh, family, definitely. Uh, for me, uh, my family is so important. Um, you know, I was a stay at home mom for a while. So I, you know, I, I gave up my, my career because family was so important to us, you know, for us, that's what worked for my husband and I, we decided, you know, to just kind of slow life down a little bit and really, you know, just savor, savor that time with our kids. So, it really is the thing that keeps me going. Even to this day, now that my boys are older, you know, when they're, they're, you know, away at college and coming in and out all the time, but when the house is filled with them, that's when my heart is fullest. So uh, yeah, there's nothing compared to family. Yeah. I'm sure you have lots of memories from when you took the time to yeah. be with them earlier. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So um, speaking a little bit about our, you know, our profession and just our financial, you know, financial services industry, we're like in this little one, you know, one small pocket of the planning part, but is there, in your opinion, and I know you belong to lots of professional organizations and you're on the board of, um, of one or two, mm-hmm. I think if I'm not mistaken, but is there, is there anything you think in our in our field that like you want to change or you if you had your powers you would want to um debunk yeah yeah i i i think for me it's really um what i want people to know is that most financial advisors really really want to help people and i think that there is this myth out there that you know, financial advisors are kind of not trustworthy and that, um, and, and there have definitely been those, those cases where, where there were people, there were bad actors in our field. Right. But I want to just, uh, you know, that to me is what in my life and my experience and all the financial advisors that I know I really, really do believe that most people who get into this field are really there because they want to help people. And so, um, you know, I, that's what I wish we could change about our, our industry and our profession, that there would be no question about that. Um, and I, I don't really know how we get to that point. I mean, I think there will always be, um, you know, people that abuse the system and, um, but, but I think people like Michael Kitsis, you know, having these uh, people that advocate for 
uh, having, you know, true financial planners that have spent time educating themselves in the field and that have, you know, have, have made the commitment to be true fiduciaries. Um, I think, you know, just continuing to really advocate for that in the world is, is going to help us down the road. I agree. I agree. I think, I, I, I don't know if I have a perfect answer, but I, I have a comment. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And we, we, we all, I, I think you would agree that we do work really hard and educating consumers, right, about what choices they have, what options are there so that, you know, they do select the best option for them, for them, right, when it comes to working with, with a financial planner or financial advisor. Um, so, but yes, definitely. The more people talk about this, the, the more people out there can get help. So I agree. I'm, yeah. I'm all for that. I also, I also want to add that we want more women in this profession. And so <laughs> that's why you and I are talking, right? So it's like, yes. Yeah. And we're, and women are natural planners and um, natural yeah. nurturers, you know, so it is a great field for, for women uh, to get into. And I know our numbers are still really small. I think it's like 23% of CFPs are women. So we've got a long way to go, but um, yeah, I, I, I hope that, you know, more women join this field and, and become a part of it. And especially because if you look at all the money, you know, women live longer, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're growing in terms of being business owners, you know, they're starting to out, you know, to be more equal with men. And in some cases that will be around longer than men. So ultimately, um, you know, women want to work with advisors that are of like mind and, um, you know, they, they're going to need the help of women advisors. Yeah. No, they just women out there. They totally will. So we're, we're working on changing that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, that's why I'm excited that you've joined our team Vita for sure. That's, that's given. Um, well, I'd love for you to continue having a conversation with our listeners. So what would be the best place that they can connect with you, whether it's online or um, any other places? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. So please feel free, you know, to connect with me there. Or, you know, I know you can check my profile out on the Main Street Financial Planning website as well. But I'd be happy to connect with anybody. Um, on, on any financial planning topics or, or exercise topics. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. I'll link up all of these in the show notes too. So again, Vita, thanks so much for taking the time. And it, it's been a pleasure to learn about your money story. Thank you, Anna. Hey, money boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone, uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, 
not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.